Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 14 degrees in Edmonton, minus 23 degrees in Saskatoon, and zero degrees in Toronto. Happy Groundhog Day. Thanks, Evie. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Daughters love at me. Uh, good morning, everybody. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. All you got to do, just wake up at 6 a.m. and uh, take full advantage of this amazing opportunity to get your questions answered. It's a free live morning show where you can click the call in button. You can join in on the chat. You can get all of your questions answered for free. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you? Did you just fall out of your chair? No, I had my card wrapped around the... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything okay, okay, okay at that end yep. of the table? Yep, yep, yep. All right, good, good. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much for joining us. Um, any questions you guys got, feel free to throw them in the chat there. We're gonna, we'll, we'll address them today. Um, uh, thanks to John for showing up. Yeah, good morning, John. Good John's, morning, Scott. John's always here. Eric as well. Yeah, good morning, Courtney and Don and Jeff, Cody. Good morning, Nat, Liam, Listina. Whoa, Liam Whoa. is pumped. Who is? Liam. Liam, why is Liam pumped? I don't know. It's just he's typing in caps. Like, I feel like he's yelling at uh, me. A little too much pre-workout this morning. Good morning, everyone. All right. All right. Just Good morning, Denise, Matt, Kathleen, Lori. Hi, hi. Good morning, Tyson, Elray. Good morning, Justin, Sheila, Garrett. Good morning, Nathan, Ken, Tyson. Woof. Lots are... of people here today. Yeah. Lots of people. Crispy. All right. Sean Phillip. <laughs> and good morning, Josh. And Johnny Five. All right. Okay. okay. Just, all right. Okay. All right. All right. We'll get to the rest of you. What do we got going on today, Gabby? And other Josh. Good morning. <laughs> what do we have going on this morning? Yeah. Or today? Today's Thursday. I have no clue. What do Ch you mean? Do you want me to pull up my calendar? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Cleaner's coming today, so I need to do a little tidying this morning. The little pre-cleaner cleaning? A little pre-clean clean. Yeah. And I know you know. You know. And you guys have a cleaner? Ours comes once every two weeks. Um, just a little hot tip for you if you're if you're struggling to find time. Um, not struggling to find time so much, but as a real estate investor, as an entrepreneur, um, I, I, I mean, I don't think that cleaning gets in the way of taking action. I, but, but taking action gets in the way of cleaning. And that can be a little overwhelming and frustrating, right? Um, and also not cleaning gets in the way of productivity. Yeah. I think especially if you're, well, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've had this conversation with so many women that like when there's clutter around you, when you have a dirty office or like a dirty house and you're trying to work in it, um, it's it, you're so much less productive. <clears throat> Because you're thinking about, should, oh, I should go load the dishwasher. I should go fold that pile of laundry. I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. And yeah. then, yeah, not very productive. It's overwhelming, says Nat. I agree. Yeah, and, and it doesn't cost that much. Well, okay, I, I get it. Like, it's easy to, it's easy for us to say. Um, but we implemented this years and years ago. Um, I don't even remember when we started doing it. But it was it's 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 it is worth the money, and if you can't afford it, then add it into your budget, and you'd be surprised if you add it into your budget, you'll figure out a way to pay for it. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. If, if you want me to go, if you want me to give you like like the basic answer, I'd say, um, well, maybe you should go look at all those Netflix subscriptions and those, and maybe audit those Starbucks ventis with all your whipped creams and your double pumps. And if you were to get rid of all those unnecessary things, you could have a cleaner for your house. 
but I but I won't do that. I, I promise you, a cleaner is greater than Starbucks coffee. I, I I always hate when people do those examples of like you know, yeah, know. you should audit your Starbucks and Netflix. um and your Netflix. There's there's always this joke uh, that I remember that whenever th- whatever here that I always think about this joke I was told as a kid um, about like and this is so dated because um well just decades ago but um the person that always says you know if you quit smoking you know had you quit smoking and never smoked you know you'd save you know x amount of packs a day a week or a day and you know if that's this many packs you know a week and this many packs in a year after 20 years you'd have three million dollars and you'd be able to buy a ferrari and the guy says where's your fucking ferrari (laughs) I just, I've always loved that joke because it's, it's it's so true that like, you know, it's always easy for you to say on the other side, but then like, yeah, okay, that, if that's the case, where's your fucking Ferrari? Um, so yeah, I get it. But uh, the, the point is, is that it, if you just add it into your budget, you'll find a way, you'll find a way to afford it. And it's, it's, it's kind of like my belief of like, you know, flying business class, you know? I don't fly unless it's business class. That's just, that's what it is. And if, if I can't afford it or if it doesn't make any sense and, and it's not worth the cost for the trip, then I just don't go. Right. And if you just had to have that mindset, then you'll always be, um, you'll always find a way to make it work. Right. Anyways. Right. Yeah. Um, that I is- thought, <laughs> I thought you were going a different direction with that. So I like got really confused for a second but I, now I, I see that you just went a different way. But I thought you were going to say that once you fly business class, you can never go back to not flying business class. So it's like once you get a cleaner, you can never go back. Oh, yeah, that too, <laughs> I guess. It, it just makes life so much easier. And, and for the for the cost, I mean, what does it cost? Like a hundred and something bucks? Um, totally depends on your what your cleaner's rates are and the size of your house. <laughs> So it it could be like like 150 to like 300. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It just depends. If you get yourself a, a decent price cleaner though, it could be very affordable. Not not like a 50 50 bucks an hour cleaner. Find yourself a 30 bucks an hour cleaner. Mm. Much cheaper. John says if value exceeds price, then price is no longer an objection. Mhm. Wow. That sounds way cooler. <laughs> uh, Laurie says, well, it's negative 40 outside, so I'm pretty grateful for my espresso machine, but I wish I had a clean. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Just make the decision. Life's full of decisions, right? Indeed. And decisions are final. They're not They're not wishes. They're, they're final. So when you make a decision, you stick to it, and you'll figure it out. I promise you. When you decide you want to buy a property by the end of February... When you make that decision, it is a decision. It's final. And you'll do whatever it fucking takes in order to buy a property. Right? Yeah. It's the same. It's a hell of a mindset, for lack of better words. Um, Jeff in the comments says, uh, coffee example aside, why are people so afraid to audit themselves on their time and money? Someone asked me for money once. I asked two questions that really upset them. What is it for? And can we build you a budget together? Because they didn't know where it was going. Wild to me to have that reaction. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's so true. Josh is going to buy a Ferrari now. He says I'll make it work. Family will understand. Hundred percent, they will. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. A couple upcoming events uh, we'll get through here real quickly. Uh, this Saturday and two days from now. Whoa. <clears throat> we're leaving tomorrow, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, this Saturday, we're going to be in Calgary uh, for the REM Masters networking event. Got some amazing guest speakers. Barry McGuire, <clears throat> the frog that's currently in my throat. <clears throat> <laughs> Matt Leisure. Do you need me to take over? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to forget. The frog that was currently in my throat, he'll be there as well. <laughs> um, Matt Legere. Kermit's coming. Legere. I said that. He said Ledger. I didn't. Mm. Well, <laughs> we're going to have to Sorry, do the guys. play, but we'll do the playback and figure Sorry, this guys. out. 
Giacomo and Dean Manti. Now, here's the thing. I think I'm saying Manti wrong, though. Yeah. Because I heard Jared say Manti differently yesterday. And uh, now I'm second guessing. How did it. he say it? I don't remember. Huh. Well, I guess we'll find out. But he said it differently, and I'm like, oh, crap. Am I messing this up? Yeah, whatever. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. He doesn't listen to the show, I don't think. So, <laughs> what a bum. Yeah. <laughs> we love, uh, we love Dean. Dean, you're a bum. <laughs> I don't have a you're a bum song. No. I'm surprised, though, I should have a you're a bum song. You should. Uh, that, so that's on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> Saturday it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, frogs, bums, real estate. Off market deals. <laughs> See you there. Oh, yeah, the topics on buying off market deals. Um, very excited for that. Over 60 investors have registered so far. And uh, I think a couple registered last night in the middle of the night. Um, I haven't checked yet, but nice. I saw some notifications. And uh, there's, still, there's still lots of tickets left. We, we got an extra large venue. We got an extra large time slot. So lots and lots of time for networking. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. And then uh, the following weekend in Edmonton, we'll be hosting the same event, slightly different speakers, slightly different venue, slightly different vibe, but same topic. Uh, Barry McGuire, Matt Legere, Keaton Kirkwood, and Calvin Hexter are going to be guest panelists. Um, very excited to see everyone for the next two weekends. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. Uh, trying, to, trying to maintain a, a better vibe today. Yesterday got too serious. It wasn't too. It was. It wasn't too serious. I. I, I don't want to be super serious every day, because it puts people in bad moods. I think that there's there's a time to be serious. Um, that was a uh, a great John Grisham book. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, there was a time to be serious. There is a time to be serious. Uh, when when it's necessary in order to make a point. And uh, yesterday, you know. All they asked was like, hey, you know, should we just post on TikTok or should I try posting on all three at the same time? And I get into it, you motherfuckers, you need to do this and start finger pointing. It was just an opportunity. Um, and I don't want people to feel like that. I don't want people to to feel like they're worthless. But Hey, they came back. Mm, yeah, they did. <laughs> Most of them. Um, I just... Uh, I just think it's necessary from time to time to remind people that, you know, you're not, we're all, all of us, myself and Gabby included, we're not all putting in the work that we should be putting in. And if no one reminds us, um, then I, I, I doubt you'll remind yourself. No one else is going to remind you. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a lot of valuable information in there about Grant Cardone and how how all of his shit's full of shit and how everybody's full of shit. And, um, I, and I hope that it was valuable so you guys can see it from a different lens. Um, so you can stop being consumers and start taking advantage of the tools that are in the resources that are out there for you as well, that you can, that you can leverage <clears throat> and be successful. Um, but I just want to let everyone know that, uh, I'm going to try and make today a little bit of a more fun day. Do we have some fun questions? Uh, maybe. But before I do that, before I turn it into fun zone, um, I heard some uh, uh, some some bad news yesterday, and I'm not. I need to be careful what I say. So. I'm going to say this very cryptically. (laughs) And the people who know what I'm talking about will understand. The people who don't know what I'm talking about will not understand, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't apply to them or affect them. Okay. Okay. So let me, uh, okay. Is everyone listening? For those of you who are in Saskatoon and for those of you who have invested with institutions in Saskatoon in the last 12 to 24 months, 
who are currently going through some shit. If you have been offered a solution as of recently or in the last 12 months by another institution who is not in Saskatchewan or Saskatoon, I would strongly recommend doing your diligence. Okay. Please take this as a warning that any creative solutions for anything in Saskatoon or any institutions that you have been involved with in Saskatoon, any creative solutions coming from outside of your province or outside of the province of Saskatchewan, please do your diligence. Um, yeah, just steer clear. Please. Okay. I heard some stuff. I read some stuff. I saw some stuff. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Kyle says North Battleford as well. And North Battleford. <clears throat> if you have been involved in any epic disasters in the last 12 to 24 months, and you are currently going through um, some shit, um, yeah, from what I understand is this institution from outside of the province um, has approached literally everyone involved and they are looking to buy the whole portfolio. And they are bad news. And I'm going to feel like a big bag of shit if I don't say this. And and things get worse. Okay. So, is that good? Yeah. I know we have a large audience across Canada. I know we have a large audience that has been involved in this shit. Yeah. And I want to make sure they're protected. And I want to make sure that they don't just take the easiest uh, solution. And they do their diligence. Ask around. If you, I think that you should do that in any time that you're doing a joint venture or you are doing any creative deals or seller financing, ask around in the community. If anyone knows, has anyone know this person or this institution? Has anyone worked with them before? And don't just take the first opinion or don't just take the, you know, the, the, the first person who comments and, or don't just take the, the, the comments that, that suits you best. Make sure you practice critical thinking. You ask lots of people and then you make your own decision after you've done your diligence. It was a little long-winded, but this it's a, it's a serious comment, and I, I needed to say it, and I'm probably going to say it again tomorrow, okay. just in case everyone doesn't hear it. I'm going to record this, and I'm going to replay it. Okay. <laughs> Should we have a word from our sponsors? Yeah. Sorry, sponsors. <laughs> so sorry. We need a break. <laughs> this, show, this show will get better. Don't worry. <laughs> Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. Hola. Okay. So did you see any questions in the, in the, in the comments? No, no, I did not. Wow. Everybody's just killing it. Yeah. Nobody needs help today. We don't need your stinking advice. Okay, cool. I got a couple questions. Um, stuff that I've read on the stuff that I've seen in, uh, in, in groups as of recently. Um, I didn't answer in those groups, but I'm going to answer right here. Okay. Um, how about some tenant questions, Gabby? Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, Gabby, I'm putting you on the spot here, but you know, just pretend. Do your best. Pretend <laughs> just fake it. I, I, well, Gabby doesn't like when I put her on the spot first thing in the morning. It's, it's like with a little bit of preparation, you can take a second or some time. You can take a second to prepare and, and think about it. And, you know, oh, um, yeah. an answer. Uh, what is the minimum credit score that you will allow for a tenant applying for one of your rental units? Um, I don't have a like hard and fast minimum of what their credit must be. Uh, we've accepted people with terrible credit, but who had an amazing credit cosigner. Um, so 
it's not that simple okay, so, to me. Well, let's just rewind. Okay. Oh, all right, cool. I'll let you answer the question. Then I, I want to ask about that cosigner. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, ideally you want, or not you, but like, I would say that I would hope it would be, you know, over 600. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you get into the 500s, that's like crap, kind of crappy. Mm -hmm. Um, but it just also depends what's in there. Um, you know, like, is there, I think it's less about the, the actual current score and more about what the findings are like, because so many different things can impact it. So is it just that they have like four vehicle loans, <laughs> which, and, and which drives down your credit score greatly so having a high limit and having it completely used. Yeah. Um, but you know, like if there's zero missed payments and they make a really good salary, and there's nothing in collections, but they've just done a whole bunch of like credit inquiries to buy like vehicles and whatever. Mm -hmm. And do they have like a couple maxed out cards, but again, zero missed payments, making a really good salary, and that's driven down their score, then I'm not as worried. But if they have a 400 or 500 score and there's stuff currently in collections and uh, there's, I can see some missed payments in the in their history of their current loans and stuff. Then that's of great concern mm. because not only do I see they have a history of missing payments. If they've missed a car payment, I know they're very likely to miss a, a rent payment because everybody will pay their bills before they pay rent. Yeah, because they think it won't impact their credit. Um, but also, if they have stuff in collections, I know that if I need to collect on them, that I'm in a lineup. Right. I'm, I'm not first. I'm not the first person to say, give me your money and they give it to me. Like mm -hmm. I'm in a, a huge lineup of people or institutions. So I'd say it's not, it's not black and white. It's, you need to do your digging and you need to, you need to, you just said it, be a critical thinker. You need to be able to analyze the data and see what does this mean for me? Um, and if they do have bad credit, there's the opportunity to ask if they have a co-signer. Somebody right. that you can hold accountable for their actions. Uh, Johnny was asking, when would you ask for a cosigner? Uh, again, not black and white. It would it would depend on everything that I just said. Like, I, I guess I guess maybe okay. So I've asked for cosigners. I typically wouldn't ask like a grown ass adult if they have a cosigner because they. I don't know. Like asking I'd, them if their daughter would co-sign. Yeah. For them? Uh, well, I guess actually that's a good point. I think in a lot of situations that might be. Well, typically the reason that you would ask for a co-signer is when you are questioning whether you would be able to go after them, right? Yeah. Um, credit score is a measurement of someone's ability to make their payments, right? And their ability to pay their debts. It's 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 hard. I, I actually I want to look up the definition of like what what a credit score is to be used for what it measures because it does a bunch of a bunch of things like you said high credit uh access to credits or high credit that is completely used usage yeah. usage right um it it's, it's like a risk um it's it's a risk measurement i think um and then also you know if there's been lots of inquiries for more debt it affects your credit score but like how does that you know, does that increase risk? Is that what the measurement's for? Um, you know, uh, missed, I always thought missed that, payments. I always thought that the credit inquiries were like, if you go somewhere and you get denied, and then you go somewhere and you get denied, and you go somewhere and you get denied, I think it's showing like almost a history of, yeah, kind of like, um, yeah, I guess. That, that was always my take on it, though. I don't actually know what the situation is. But I mean, if someone had bad credit, I mean, why would you ask for a cosigner? And and what I was getting at was that normally it's because you everything else checks out except for the credit, right? And there are concerns that based off the debts that they have and based off your belief, like you have to ask yourself, if 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 everything goes good, then there's no problem, right? You can get a tenant, they can have terrible everything, they can have a lack of affordability, but as long as they make the payments every month, everything's fine. What happens if they don't, right? And you need to prepare for the worst. 
So as you prepare for the worst and you ask yourself, like, what happens if they don't? If I have to go after this person for $4,000, what's the likelihood I'm going to be able to get that from them? Well, they can't afford it. That's for certain. They don't. I, I know these guys don't have savings, have any access to any equity to pull it out. Um, all of their credit is maxed out. So even if they, you know, they can't pull it from a credit card or a HELOC. So the likelihood of me being able to go after them is very slim, but they all other boxes, like everything else checked out. So a co-signer now is someone else signing on and and signing for, not signing for them, but signing onto the lease as well and saying that I vouch for them, right? Yeah. And in the situation where, you know, rent was missed, we can say, hey, co-signer, uh, rent wasn't paid. Yeah. I don't want to issue an eviction notice. Either get this person in check or send the money. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. In a situation where rent was not paid or there was damage or something like that, you don't have to, now you don't have to go after the actual tenant. You can go after the cosigner, mm-hmm. right? So if there's any money owed, I wouldn't even serve the tenant. I would serve the cosigner, right? And that's their responsibility. That's their risk. So like Gabby just said, I, I would go to the cosigner first and be like, hey, we got missed rent. They're not answering our calls. I need you to give them a call. You're a co-signer on this. If that co-signer is about to get served and have to pay for this person, they're not going to be very happy. So a good um, a good example of a co-signer would be like a mom, a dad, a grandma, an aunt, someone who's going to like rain down hell. Yeah. I'm like, you little shit. I just got a phone call. You didn't pay your rent, right? And that co-signer better have good credits, um, maybe owns a home, owns a vehicle, you know what I mean? Something in good standing. So that way, you know, you know that they, they do not want their credit affected by this, right? They don't want it to go to collections. They don't want their credit affected. But the tenants that you are currently about to rent to or are renting to, they don't give two shits about their credit because it's already 400 or it's already 500. What's a good, what, it's just another collection. Or it's just another, you know what I mean? I don't care about my credit score. It's already shit anyways. So they don't value it. But the person who's co-signing and the person who's co-signing has access to the money and they're going to be willing to pay for it or they're going to be more likely to pay, you know, the balance um, than someone who doesn't care about the credit. Mm -hmm. So it's, if you've got a really great person and you really want to rent to them, but their credit score says that you shouldn't and all your diligence says that, you know, the likelihood of you being able to collect from these people is very low, then you can, you can absolutely add a cosigner in and then uh, that covers that risk. Right. And now the application is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, not to mention, I, I, I wish every at least had a cosigner. It's just more leverage. Yeah. Right. Someone else being like, Hey, what the hell, man? It's it's just someone smacking on the back of the head, being like, hey, you're making a bad fucking decision. I don't care. I don't care that they didn't fix the handle on the kitchen cabinet. I don't give a shit. Pay the money because I'm not paying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love if co-signers. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um, most common situation where we've used them, because we have several times, like, I don't know, I'd say maybe like half a dozen times or something over the years. Um, the most common situation is, um, a young kid getting their, you know, moving out of mom and dad's house Mm -hmm. type of thing where, um, they, I think the most ideal situation is just when they haven't established credit yet. Cause you know, like that, it's not like they've necessarily messed up and like (laughs) screwed up their credit, but they just don't have it. So that's like premium, premium time to use one. But, um, and and in that situation, the parents almost always want to help their kid out, right? They want to help their kid get started in life. For sure. And yeah. Um, <laughs> bye, Crispy. <laughs> Did Crispy say bye? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that time. Yeah, it's that time. But also, yeah, if, you know, a, a young adult has, you know, made some poor decisions as a lot to do in their, you know, early or late teens, early 20s, get those first credit cards and do stupid Stupid shit with them and can't pay them. <laughs> Online um, poker, guys. I was, was going to say that stupid young adult was me at some point. Mind you, I never ruined my credit. I just wasn't smart with my money. That's all. 
Um, but that that's a great situation because a lot of the times, I mean, like had I ruined my credit, my both of my parents would have um, would have whooped your ass. Uh, no, they would have absolutely co-signed for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Different. Um, yeah. <laughs> My mom co-signed on a car loan for me when I was young. And yeah, I think that like um, those are great situations where it's just like and especially if they've said like, you know, it's always it's always a, a bad sign when somebody's like, oh, yeah, I was young and dumb and I ruined my credit. It's like, yeah, OK, well, are you really any any smarter now? So yeah. it's like kind of like a, a question mark there. But if they've shown that they've repaired their credit mm -hmm. um or they're you know working on repairing their credit then that's good but yeah it's just it's a it's a judgment call it's i can't give you like i said a black and white answer it's not like at this point do it and at this point don't i think in those situations a lot of the time it's a gut check on that actual person it's like oh my god i just like i just had the most amazing viewing this person is like i had such a good feeling about them they you know this this and this but then they send you their credit report and they're like, yeah, so my credit isn't the best. And this happened. This is why, Yeah. Um, you know, I'm working on getting it back. But, you know, it takes time. And then you're like, well, shit. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I had the mo the ideal candidate come through. This person I would have signed instantly if they had a 700 credit score. Yeah. Um, so what can we do? Do you have a cosigner? I think that's like, that's when you get a cosigner. Mm -hmm. Has to be a really good feeling about the person. Eric in the comments here says, we look at credit in the auto industry all the time. The credit score is score based off of multiple points. For example, credit utilization ratio, number of trade lines, different types of trade lines score differently. Any late payments, any collections, how many inquiries, and what's the exposure? Um, he followed up <clears throat> a little bit later and said, exposure is when there is lots of open credits. A new lender looking at the application will determine what if the client maxes out all of that open credit, does the minimum repayment requirement now put them out of their debt servicing? So they might have it, you know, they might have used up all that open credit, but if they haven't, it's an exposure to, you know, they, their payments may be low right now, but their payments could go up dramatically yeah. if they, if they did, if they were uh, to use that. And that's credit. something that will prevent you from getting a mortgage as well. 100%. Um, Johnny says, great answer, Gabby. Um, uh, Eric also said, too many inquiries signals a potential credit hunter. So somebody looking to rack up a whole bunch of available credit. That was a great show on Annie. <laughs> credit hunter. Yeah, there's lots of dad jokes in the show. <laughs> uh, Kathleen uh, asked, Gabby, uh, would you ever use a cosigner and set them up with front door? So Front Door is a uh, company who you can register um, payments, uh, made payments and missed payments uh, to go to the credit bureau. Um, <laughs> go on. Sorry. Um, so I was just reading uh, Wayne's comment there. We're too easily distracted. Yeah. Front Door is a... Uh, front, yeah. So you can... We actually, we won a free year membership with Front Door that we never used. Um, Did we? Yeah. Hmm. And um, so I don't know the ins and outs of, of how it works. I don't know if you need to have the tenant's like authorization to register the credit or not. I don't think so. But um, yeah, you can, it's, it can be a perk to offer to somebody to help them build their credit. So, you know, like every time you make an on-time payment, I'll register it as a, as a payment on your credit. It'll help you build your credit. Mm -hmm. So it can be a, a perk. And if someone says like, no, I don't want you to do that, then that's a red flag because right. <laughs> they're planning on missing rent payments. Um, but yeah, it's, you could absolutely do that, Kathleen. Uh, the, you do need to pay for that membership to front door. So I don't know uh, whether it's worth it or not. I would probably, if I had to register somebody's missed payments, I might uh, find value in paying for that membership, but I don't think that I would pay for it to register somebody's on-time payments because mm. then I'm paying for a service that's helping them, if that makes sense, Yeah. instead of helping myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like change. That's probably why we, <laughs> that's probably why we never used it. It's like, 
going going back and changing everything is yeah when, when it works it works just yeah. like i said like that old guy with the carbon copy you know um receipts and stuff like that and invoices like yeah it works it works if it's worked for 30 years why would i change it yeah i over the uh past couple of years just uh been tempted to use it to register people who um who ducked out on us who did midnight moose and got away from just to fuck them yeah because okay. we couldn't there was no way for us to to hunt them down let's make their life as bad as we can well we had a situation i didn't actually. think you'd admit to that <laughs> no yeah 100 <laughs> percent. So like this okay you guys need a little more context some of these tenants are real assholes <laughs> so i'm gonna tell you this tenant um so they sob storied us on their way out the door um and they did a midnight move okay so we had these tenants move into one of our properties um she was pregnant they were expecting their first baby this one with the, uh, they the were dogs? moving right before uh, christmas okay. so they wanted to get moved in so that they can settle in and enjoy Damn. christmas and they stayed for like a month and a half and then all of a sudden we're like uh we got this email that like hi we've moved out um and sob story they that Billy Joel on us what well, i don't know what that means but um <laughs> just please stop distracting me i'm easily distracted um the email fan. was that um she had had a miscarriage and that they weren't coping well and that they were moving back in with family and yada 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 and basically said we've moved and the key is is under the doormat or something like that it's like well shit like um you know like how, what do you do in that situation like you sympathize there's empathy but also like they totally like screwed us over and so it's like okay um we had no way of contact of of tracing them down and it, they moved not just like in the city but they moved out into a different city in the Grand province Prairie or white court yeah somewhere and um and we didn't really have any way of holding them accountable to um, their old rent. And we had a whole bunch of, they didn't clean the place. They left a bunch of junk in the house. And then later come to find that the reason that they midnight moved because their dog attacked a delivery driver. And- Didn't we get served or something like that? We got served um, that, that they were like filing a claim on our our insurance or whatever because mm. they uh, they had realized that the tenant had 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 moved. They had actually done like their like come back to try to serve them. Uh, new tenant was living in there. Said no, they don't live here anymore. And yeah, so they like they for lack of better worms terms worms terms <laughs> lack of better terms fucked us. So yeah, I'd like to fuck them. <laughs> okay, yeah, and that was yeah, like you said, it was in like January or February, like yeah. not a great month. I mean, it's bad enough, but like it. Yeah, we faced a vacancy. We had cleaning charges. We had uh, junk removal. Uh, we what? had owed rent. So probably two thousand dollars <laughs> worth of yeah. money that we had to pay. Yeah, you know, and when you look at a rental property and how much mortgage paid on appreciation and cash flow do you get for a year? You know, the full property is like six seven grand at, at best mm -hmm. right and two thousand's gone because of this yeah and do you want to know a really big lesson that i learned in this actually that i'd love to share with you guys because it is a very important tip to know is um well first of all this is i think a given so if you don't know this like start immediately always make sure that your tenants carry tenant insurance and get proof of it like that that's a given and a lot of the times your own insurance can be voided if you don't um if you don't force your tenants to carry their own their own insurance yeah. it's part of a lot of policies is that your tenants must carry tenant insurance so that's something that you need to know and implement if you haven't but the lesson that i learned is when getting the proof of the insurance and i wouldn't have ever like really like thought of this or well clearly i didn't until it happened but she had sent me proof of their insurance like a confirmation email saying your insurance is set up at at 12345th street that's not the address that's a fake address don't try to look it up <laughs> um and so i was like great i filed that email into the into the insurance folder in her file and that tenant file and so then when we were served 
documentation from this delivery driver who got attacked, which I I came to learn later that it was a serious dog attack, not just a your dog bit me, but like a serious attack. Um, I contacted our insurance provider to say like, what do I do here? And he said, oh, well, did they have tenant insurance? And I said, yeah, obviously. And he said, okay, well, that's where we're going to start. Send me their policy. I never heard and, any more about this. I remember this very vaguely. Like, was this a thing for a yeah. while? Yeah. And um, so I go to pull out the proof of insurance to send him the policy information. And the insurance uh, policy number, like the, it was, it was just kind of like a blank email saying you're insured. There is no policy number. There is no, like, there's no information about the policy. It didn't have the start date and end date. It didn't have like the beef of, of the policy. And so we had nothing to go off of. We had no way to hold the, their policy accountable to that. Interesting. Yeah. So when you get proof of insurance, make sure that it has the meat and bones, not just the shell that they're insured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle's got a tip here and, and, and he says, get added as a certificate holder. This way there's a cancellation or change the policy you're notified. Yeah. I feel like this is an, like a newer thing. Um, Cause I've never, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of insurance companies now implement it automatically. Um, so if somebody applies for renter's insurance, they actually ask you uh, for the landlord information so right. that they get added on and you get notified of changes and cancellations, which is amazing, but it wasn't as common over the past decade. Um, I just feel like this really came in the last few years as something more more common. Mm. But yeah, great, great tip, Kyle. Uh, Alan asks, can tenants refuse to get tenant insurance? I believe tenant insurance is not mandatory in Ontario. Uh, yeah, they could probably refuse, but I just refuse them living in my place. You refuse to get insurance. I refuse to give you keys. So it's something that we make sure we receive when they sign the lease with us. Um, and they do not get keys until the policy proof of policy is provided. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Kyle had another question earlier on, um, same kind of topic, uh, just in a different direction. He asked, uh, when buying a new property with tenants currently in place, what's your process for vetting them? Do you do a deep dive into credit, criminal record check, et cetera? Uh, we've only purchased a rental property once that had tenants in place. and It wasn't fun. Um no, but but our situation was that the place was pretty trashed and we knew that at the end of this tenant term that we would not be renewing and that we were going to do some major renovations. So to us, we didn't really care. Like the the owner that we bought it off of said, you know, like they're not the cleanest, they're not the, you know, whatever, but they're nice people and they pay their rent on time. And um, so we just kind of got that information. Like as long as they pay the rent, we don't care. We had like five or six months left and then we were going to uh, go in and do the renovations. So in our case, we didn't really do any check. We were just like, whatever. Like even if they left now, we could just start our renovations now, right? Yeah. Um, so we personally haven't. We, we did We did um, still check the the move-in report to see because yes. we knew that yeah. like move, the move-in report was going to be bad like it, a lot of these cigarette burns in the carpet were were from years ago and you know so if any additional damages were done like holes in the wall and stuff like that you know w- we would want to charge that back to the, the current tenant so we did check the move-in report but like it was like i said it wasn't a very good move-in report like there was so much stuff that was already existing and um if i recall there were some things that he left behind um, uh, I, I remember that being a messy move out. Oh uh, yeah. We had to, we had to hire, uh, again, junk removal company to come in and like, didn't he leave like a snowmobile in the garage or something like there that? There was, the garage was very full of junk. Uh, the backyard had tons of stuff in it. Uh, the house itself had shells of stuff left over. Like yeah. just, yeah. Um, that's not to say that like, again, it, I think Gabby's trying to say that um, this doesn't happen every single time that you have a, a, a tenant in place. Um, however, you know, you do need to do your, I would say do the same diligence that you would normally do when you are qualifying a tenant. Can you do that though? 
Like if you're buying a property who has a tenant in place, are you allowed to reach out to them and be like, I need you to qualify for this property? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. But you can ask the existing yeah. landlord for their information. But what if they didn't vet them? Well, that's a risk. Yeah. And I've always, I've always thought this. I've never talked about it though, but I've always thought when you're buying a rental property that's already existing with great rents, you know, that's what a lot of people want, right? Yeah. I, w- I want a turnkey property, something that's already got tenants in it with great rents. And I don't, I, all I need to do is just get the keys and start collecting rent. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of rentals are advertised that way. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just take the keys and start collecting rent. It's already in place with high rents and good cash flow. But, you know, I don't, I don't trust other, other landlords and, yeah. and they're qualifying. Yeah. Um, so I think it's actually riskier. I would much rather have a vacant unit. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the fact that like I want a vacant so I can see what kind of scuffs are on the walls behind the couches. Cause I'm not going to go in there. You know, I got to book a time to go in and see it. I get a half an hour cause the tenants complaining and the baby's crying in the basement. You know, they're, they're like, Oh yeah, just take us you know, as long as you need, but I got to feed my baby. You know, like I don't, I don't want to be in that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to be too distracted. There's too much stuff going on. There's diapers everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And an ironing board in the living room. I'm not going to be able to see shit. But if I had a vacant, I'd be able to see the whole property. I can look at it and then determine if there's any damages or anything that needs to be fixed. So, um, personally, I'd like it vacant. Uh, but if there's tenants already in place, you don't get that, that opportunity because you can't evict the tenants. Yeah, I think that, um, like you said, if the if the current landlord had done their own vetting, they should have all those records and you should be able to gain access to those mm-hmm. to be able to see what you're dealing with. But I think also that the big, probably the biggest indicator will be when you go to view the property. What state is it in? Is it a mess? Is it well kept? Is it well decorated? Or is it just like thrown together furniture with holes and rips in it like you know what i mean like what's the status you can tell what kind of tenant you have in there when you walk into a home right do they care for it or is it a disaster and i think that'll probably be the biggest gut check that you get and the biggest way to determine whether you have you know somebody worth keeping or not Mm -hmm. um so that would be i guess if you don't have access to documents that would be your next your next in line is but even if you do have documents and they look great on paper when you, again, when you walk in to view the property, is it a disaster or is it well kept? Just yeah. because somebody's good on paper doesn't mean they take care of the house, right? Yeah. Um, Scotty has a like a follow up question to this uh, topic. Um, how do you go about putting your systems in place with the existing tenant, like only email communications, etc.? Yeah, that's tough um, because you can't really force them to to sign it. It's not like you're, you know, signing them on and saying, Hey, if you rent this place and I give you the keys, you need to sign this document. Yeah. Sign here, 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 and here. I'm the new landlord and we're changing things around here. It's not going to go over well. Yeah. And you also want, um, you know, uh, to start off with a good relationship. So I guess it depends on how that initial communication is, uh, received by them. And, you know, was it, um, like, are they happy to have a new landlord and like receptive to you? Or are they, do they, are they maybe coming off of like a shitty relationship with the last landlord and now they're jaded? So I think you just need to judge the situation as to how, you know, how they respond. What are they responsive to you? Are they, were they happy to get your email saying, hi, I'm your new landlord. I'm, you know, so happy to be taking over this property and then are they like ah fuck off or are they like oh my goodness it's so nice to meet you <laughs> and go from there like and especially you probably don't have a full year ahead of you you might have like you might have you know whatever six months three months a couple months left on their lease just you know if if they're not receptive just ride it out and don't try to implement all of your like beep boop beep boop systems uh, here's our new app. We've customized <laughs> yeah. it for you. Uh, we heard from the previous landlord that your favorite color is purple. So <laughs> we set up the background as purple. We thought it'd be really cute. I hope you like it. Yeah. And then like, so Gabby just kind of summarized like the two different types of tenants. It's like, if <laughs> and, and I want to, 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 yeah. This You're not going to turn- clip that, are you? This is going to turn into a meme for Gabby. Here's Gab- <laughs> Here's Gabby's two different types of tenants. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, my color is, my favorite color is purple. And then the other tenant is, ah, fuck off.
everybody's had a tenant like that they know like as soon as you said that every landlord just chuckled like yep nancy (laughs) (laughs) ah fuck off (laughs) (laughs) you left the window open again (laughs) oh god all right i have a little experience (laughs) (laughs) Uh, as soon as you said that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh, J- Jeff says <laughs> it can be difficult, but setting expectations at the start with those assumed tenants is critical. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Says it's relation management. Honestly, I've had a lot of success bringing coffees in a small token of a future appreciation in those first few interactions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great advice. Yeah. So Kyle says, question, when you have multiple rental properties, do you set up individual bank accounts? For each one, I hear conflicting advice. I'm guessing when you have a joint venture, you'd want a separate account. What a great question. And That's a great question. Yeah. And your assumptions are definitely correct. Um, when you have a joint venture, you definitely want a separate bank account for those properties. Um, keeps things clean. And also, um, the the money in that account is not also you know, to be utilized for different properties. It's specific. So like when your joint venture brings a whatever $5,000 reserve fund, you don't want that sitting in an account with a bunch of other rental properties. Like that is specifically for that property, right? Yeah. Whereas like, so I guess it really depends on you as a person, on your banking capabilities, on your uh, money management capabilities and also just on personal preference. So for me, I don't want 30 different bank accounts. Like That's what I was about to get into, yeah. Yeah, because it's just kind of a pain in the ass when you're like depositing each rent check, you're like, which account is this one? And let me just check my spreadsheet. Oh yes, that is ATB number 456. Yeah. Okay, and this one goes into, oh, what was that? Oh yeah, ATB stopped giving me personal accounts. So I had to move over to Simply. Simply number four. Okay, yeah, that one goes in here. Like yeah. it's just kind of a pain in the butt. So all of our personally owned properties are all in the same account. So that's all properties that are under our personal name with no that, partners with no partners are all under one account. one account because for tax purposes we don't need to separate them okay that's we can all have it doesn't matter money in money out we'll have our bookkeeping spreadsheets we'll, we'll on our end we'll determine you know where that that handle from home depot receipt goes but it, from a tax perspective it could have been a handle at this property. It could have been a handle at that property. They don't really care about those details so much unless you're audited, right? So it yeah, doesn't, so, you can keep it all in one account. Yeah. And then what I do just for, you know, proper bookkeeping is that every time there's an expense to any of the properties, I immediately save that invoice into the appropriate property folder for for my bookkeeping so that I know when I go to do my um, either if you're if you're really awesome and do monthly bookkeeping, congratulations, you're a rock star. Um, I don't (laughs) because I'm a little bit of a shit show. (laughs) Um, But that's a good clip, too. When (laughs) but when I go and pull um, my bank statements to help me go through and, um, and organize my, my tech for my taxes, I can see, oh, okay, yeah, that $35 charge, here's the invoice it was for this property. And I do my bookkeeping accordingly for each property. So it's, it's simple enough for me. It's what works for me, but it's mm-hmm. a personal preference. There's no correct or incorrect way to do it. As long as you can organize it at the end of the year for your, the accountant or the bookkeeper, then you're fine. It doesn't matter. The only time it comes into um, where you should think, do like make sure that you're doing things properly is if they're owned under a corporation. So if they're owned under a corporation, then you need like proper tracking you need to provide bank account statements you need to like all that kind of stuff so you want it as less of a mess as possible in that situation okay uh, uh follow-up 
question from Don. And what about separate accounts for the damage deposit? Are you required to have separate accounts? Yes, you are required to have a separate um, savings account that accrues interest. All savings account accrue interest, yeah. whether it be 0.1, 0.001% or whatever they are. Yeah. Stupid. But you are required to hold deposits in a separate savings account that accrues interest. Um, the only thing that um, I'll say about that is that it's not necessary to have um, a separate savings account for each property. Um, you can have one savings account and put them all in there. It's It's just to sh like a formality, I guess. Yeah. Nobody ever checks on it. In Alberta, the interest that you need to give back to a tenant um, on, their, on, their on their deposit has been zero for- 12 years or something like that. Yeah, over a decade. <laughs> but you're, you gotta check your, your local um, uh, city or province yeah. to find out uh, what is the minimum interest that you are supposed to be giving um on your uh held security deposits yeah um you may have an account that doesn't pay one percent but you might be required to pay one percent yeah um so definitely look into that depending on your province or city um and again if your properties are holding held under a corporation um then that's where you do need to send in those statements showing that it has been held in a savings account and that sort of thing. But if it's owned personally, you never need to provide that information. Okay. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah. As soon as, as soon as I saw that question, I instantly thought to myself, um, when people get started in real estate and they say, um, I want to buy a hundred properties. And like, there's, there's a million reasons why I'll tell you not to buy a hundred properties. <laughs> here's another one. Here's uh here's, here's uh nine, the 999,000th reason why not. Um, because, and you're like, oh, it's okay. I'll just get a hundred joint venture partners. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. That's 100 checking accounts that you need to manage. Like, and that's not something that you can outsource either. That's one of those tasks that you can't really outsource to a property manager. That's, you know, that's that's one of those things that you have to take care of. And can you imagine the first of the month or the second of the month having to deal with all that shit? Mm -hmm. And having to, you know, it, it doesn't see, it's not very much. It's not like there's not much work. It's just 100 times more than what you have to normally do, literally. And it's, the thought of that just makes me sick. And I, I've seen Gabby's spreadsheets of like all the different banking accounts and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my God, how does she keep this together? When she says she's a shit show, I mean, it's it's for good reasons. I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous. Um, how many different accounts? And then she wasn't exact, she wasn't f like making up a story there. It's like, oh yeah, I used to use ATB because they had free accounts, but then this person changed. And then, you know, we use Simply or some Tangerine or something or other because it was a free account, but then they got bought out by this company and then that company no longer offers this. So we switched over to this. We still have, we still, now we pay a four ninety five charge on this account, but that's because they did this and it was so much easier to keep this account than to go to a brand new account and change everything over and get the co-center and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like and a lot of, and also like when we were doing AFSs, like oh, every AFS, that, I forgot about that every too. agreement for sale had to have its own account. So yes, like the amount of bank accounts is. Stuff they don't talk about on stage when they're telling you like, <laughs> do you want financial freedom? All you need to do is buy lots of rental properties and live off the cash flow. You could be a real estate investor too. Hi, I'm in Maui and real estate paid for this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, but you're dr you're not dr you're drowning in bank accounts though checking accounts. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so apparently uh, Brooker had an early question that I missed when you asked me if anybody had questions. Yeah, yeah. Can I, you save it for tomorrow? Yeah, it, as long as Brooker's okay with that. And Brooker, I, I, you know, I keep. <laughs> I felt really bad. Like I kept telling everybody, Oh my God, that's an amazing question. And Brooker's sitting in the back of the room was like, I had one about an hour ago <laughs> and he hasn't said anything about it, but it was, it was kind of off topic, but it would have been on topic if we started with it. Yeah. True. <laughs> true. Um, but I, I could answer it right now, but it's one of those questions that could, I could make an, I, I could make a whole day out of it. 
Um, so Wayne, uh, Jeff says, great voice. I want to see that on the next sponsor commercial, Wayne. So, so you'll what, be like, what did I do? no sloppy seconds. <laughs> I'm in Miami, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. <laughs> that's the kind of tenant that I want. <laughs> Not Nancy. Nancy was the the other one. Yep. The one she was complaining because her husband left the window open. Yeah. Yeah. You remember. You remember Nancy. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was Miami, right? What's that? She was in Miami, right? Running in bank accounts. Uh, yeah, Maui. Maui. Oh, sorry. Maui. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like some sometimes like my honesty kind of slips out a little bit. I, I try and be as honest and transparent with everyone as possible. Um, but fuck me, does this industry ever frustrate me sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> Garrett says, I had my phone muted because I was on a call. I turned it up to Gabby saying no sloppy seconds in a Pinocchio voice. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, Garrett. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, hope you guys have an awesome day. Take lots of action today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.